Hey there, it's Stephen Meadows with Mind Your Business. Thanks for tuning into this week's bonus episode called Motivating Others. If 20 years of sales has taught me anything, it's that motivation is the key to understanding how to accomplish your goals. Whether you want to motivate people to make a purchase or to help you with a project or join your company, whatever it is, knowing what motivates them and how to pull the levers and push the buttons is a vital skill. So this episode has some great tips and tricks on how to help motivate others and really trying to figure out what motivates others. I hope you enjoy it and I will see you in the next episode. Can you motivate with money? You may have heard someone say that money is not a motivator. If you believe in this theory, try living without money. It's not easy to do. Imagine if your boss came to you one day and told you he was no longer going to pay you for the job you do. You can keep your job, but you won't get paid. How motivated will you be to continue working there? While money is important, it isn't the only factor that motivates people. Being valuable and your contributions to a situation are factors that come into play as well. These two factors will be at the forefront of your motivations. The money is something you need to survive. Hopefully, you can do more than survive. But the basic need is to take care of you and your family. You should never chase money. If you love the job you have but feel it doesn't pay enough, you can choose to find a higher-paying job. However, consider what you are giving up. The new job may not be what you expected. The boss could be a jerk and the team is unmotivated. If your current situation provides for your monthly costs and you are happy with the people and the job, why leave? Does money hold you back from switching careers? It's a shame if you hate your current career. Perhaps you started with enthusiasm, but it simply got old. You aren't where you thought you would be and you feel stuck, but it pays well and so you'll stick with it. Life is too short to continue with that thinking. People who change careers often wish they had done it sooner. They feel exhilarated once more and look forward to getting out of bed to go to work. The internet has given alternative ways to make money. There are lots of opportunities available, and there's no need to give up your existing job. This option has some terrific ramifications. First, you can develop an online business while you are still working in your dead-end career. When you are making enough money to match what your job is paying, you can throw in the towel. An alternative is to start your new career and use making money online to fill in the financial gap. You can start this new career with a lower salary and earn extra money in your spare time. It is within reach and you can make it happen now. How can you motivate online buyers? If you had a great product for sale in your community, you may create flyers and purchase ad space to get the word out. You may hit up local businesses to help sell your product. When people start to buy your product, customers will alert their friends and family. Soon, you will have more orders than you can comfortably handle. The next stage is selling your product online. Your local sales suggest that your product is a good seller, which means online sales should do even better. Then, you create a web page, which is easier now than ever before. After several months, you get only a trickle of sales from your website. What happened? The problem is, you cannot treat selling online as you would selling in your local community. It's an entirely different platform, 
For starters, competition online is fierce. Larger companies have larger budgets and hire experienced marketing companies to make sure they get the positioning they desire for their products and stores. Successful companies realize that they need to ramp up their social media efforts, which is expensive and requires considerable cash outlays. If you don't have the same budgets as these larger companies, that doesn't have to be a problem. You just have to reposition your efforts in the right places. First, you need to find a way to make your product special. Perhaps there is a feature or benefit of your product that helps you stand out from the competition. Focus on that. Second, provide better customer service than everyone else. Start by creating a mailing for your current clients, online and offline, and write about the different ways your product can be used to enhance your customers' lives. Get people to become brand ambassadors for your products. Getting their help isn't as difficult as you may think. Profile customers who write testimonials or positive comments about your product or brand. People love to be the center of attention. Give them the attention, and they will share details or information about your company and products with their friends or family. They'll probably share details of your website as well. Make sure you take care of your regular customers. Too many companies focus on new acquisitions and tend to forget about customers who are loyal and fans. While new customers are important, purchases from existing customers take far less effort. There is no better way to keep customers motivated than by giving them the VIP treatment. How to motivate students. With so many distractions available, how can you keep students motivated? Even if you aren't a teacher, you've probably seen this firsthand. You may have kids whose attention can wander very quickly, or perhaps you've been in college yourself recently and found it difficult to stay motivated. Trying to keep students motivated is challenging, but not impossible. Keeping the distractions to a minimum is important. People have a wide array of devices that can distract them now more than ever before. Give your kids a time limit when using devices. You don't want to cut them off completely, but you don't want these devices to be their sole activity either. Also, make sure you are aware of how they are using their devices. If it's for research and learning, this is much better than playing video games. Encourage your kids to get exercise. If they aren't motivated to do this, you can require them to try joining a sports program at school. If there isn't one available at school, see if programs exist in the town. Sometimes, students get frustrated because they don't know where to find the information for their studies. Schools may teach the preliminary information about researching topics. However, teachers want students to make discoveries on their own. They also want their students to know that not everything is available on the Internet. The students may need to peruse their local libraries to get the information they need. If you have resources that can help your kids, you can give them to them. Teachers do want kids to make learning discoveries on their own, but this doesn't preclude them getting help from others, including parents. One great way to get kids to go to the library is to suggest that you need to find information there yourself for work. You can turn it into a family function. Try to find information that can help you at work. Otherwise, your kids will eventually catch on to the ruse. If you still fail to get your students motivated after trying various techniques, speak with their teacher. They may have ways to help with student motivation. The teachers may be using these methods in the classroom, and you may just need to reinforce them at home. Of course, if the students are in college, it is not in their best interest for parents to visit the teachers. At that stage, they need to learn how to solve these problems for themselves. 
Still, a voice of encouragement from parents can always be of help in these situations. How to motivate your coworkers. You are not the boss of your coworkers. Does that mean you should not influence them as far as motivation is concerned? It's a complicated topic. After all, you don't want to look like you're trying to exert power that you don't possess. However, there are ways to help people see the light. You will find difficulty in trying to motivate others if you don't practice what you preach. If you want to get your coworkers to do their jobs, you would better be doing yours. In fact, you should set an example by not only doing your job, but also offering to help others. To do this, you will need to be on top of your work and get it done early. If you just shoot for getting your work done by the deadline, you won't leave time to help your coworkers. You don't want to be forceful when offering to help. You just want to let coworkers know you are available when they need you. If they are falling behind, see if you can get to the reason why. If they are having trouble with other departments or outside resources, see if you can advocate for them. They will appreciate not having to deal with those entities. You will run into the occasional slacker. These are people that specifically wait until the last minute hoping that someone else on the team will pick up their slack, hence the name. These people never ask for help, nor do they want anyone offering to help. The end game for them is to get others to do their jobs. There is no easy solution. The team will hint to the manager if he or she doesn't already know. To handle this situation, simply keep a log of all the times the slacker has failed to do their job. Motivating others does not mean doing their jobs for them. It means helping them to improve in getting their jobs done. It could be helping them with learning new skills or simply helping them do what they're doing now more efficiently. Other times, your coworkers may have legitimate scheduling conflicts and could use your help as well as your encouragement. This last attribute goes a long way in helping to motivate others. Give it a try sometime. You will see how effective it is. How to run a meeting. If you are responsible for running meetings, there are some right ways and many wrong ways to do it. When you get it right, you will motivate others to participate in the meeting. You will also get them excited about attending your meetings. If they get excited by them, they won't dread them. The first attribute of a good meeting is one that should be considered the golden rule of meetings. Don't go over the time you advertise. You want to schedule your meetings to be no more than one hour unless there is an extenuating circumstance. If your company lost sales to a competitor, and you want to explore the reasons why this can be considered one of those circumstances. However, you still should limit the amount of time and advertise the meeting duration beforehand. The next attribute of a good meeting is to motivate people to engage. If you are doing all the talking for an hour or longer, you can be sure that most of the attendees will get bored. They will not remember what you said, and many of them will try to sneak some texts while you are talking. A better approach is to allocate time for each person to speak. Let them know about this ahead of time. You are the moderator and must stick to the schedule. If someone is going beyond the time, politely let them know. They may ask for more time. Remind them that you want to keep the meeting under the allocated time. Create action items. Meetings should be used to align everyone's understanding of a situation or project. If the attendees come out with a list of actions they need to complete, there won't be any misunderstandings about the purpose or reason for the meeting. Confirm via email the minutes of the meeting. It's best to have someone who served as the writer of the minutes. You should assign someone before the meeting, and don't assume someone else took notes.
even people who took notes won't necessarily write about everything discussed. Make the process formal by assigning someone to the task. Arguments and heated discussions can happen during meetings. As the moderator, make sure people don't shout and curse. It's okay for arguments to occur if they are civil and don't get personal. It's your job to ensure they stay that way. If a discussion gets out of hand, take over the discussion and give people time to calm down. Learning what makes people tick. If you don't get to know the people you are trying to motivate, you won't motivate them. It is that simple. You can't apply motivational techniques as if they were a recipe for cooking stew. Besides, when you cook stew, you often deviate from the recipe. You need to get at the heart of who each person is when motivating them. People are different, and you need to consider those differences. Some people are driven by using high-energy techniques, whereas others like a laid-back and subtle approach. To learn about others, you need to learn more about what they are like on a personal level. If you have been avoiding participation in after-work activities, you may want to start. This doesn't mean you need to do it every time. Your employees need to have time away from the boss on occasion. However, you do want to get to know your workers in a more relaxed and social environment. It's not likely that your workers will open up completely when you are attending a social event with them. They will still have their guards up. You are the boss, after all, and this makes trying to learn about them more challenging. However, as you continue to interact with them outside of the work setting, they will naturally open up more. If you negatively use information about your employees, it is going to backfire on you. If your workers confide in you, and then you turn it against them, you can forget about getting them to open up to you. News will quickly be spread that you are not to be trusted. Therefore, you need to be careful what you do with this information. Sometimes, you will have no choice but to use the information against them. However, don't take that decision lightly. Motivating others is about formulating a plan that aligns their needs with yours. When you learn what others are about, you can customize each plan accordingly. Discussing these plans with your coworkers is okay. In fact, it's great to get their feedback as part of the process. It affects them so they should know. You can change plans when you find out about new information or circumstances. Be willing to make those changes, especially if they are in the best interests of your workers. Listen to what they say and offer to adjust the plans if it makes sense to do so. They will appreciate you, and you'll find motivating them will take care of itself. Motivating others at the gym. Some people like to go to the gym and focus only on their workouts. There's nothing wrong with doing this. However, what if you helped others get motivated during your gym sessions? It could work in your favor when you need a little push in the right direction. One of the biggest reasons people fail to stay motivated at the gym is they don't see results fast enough. If you are trying to work out to lose weight, it takes a while before it starts happening. But using the gym as a support system, you can get the feedback and encouragement you need to keep going. However, finding people that will be part of that support system is not easy. A great way around this is to start motivating others. This helps set the stage for them to become part of your gang or network. For instance, if you see someone is struggling with a task, offer them some encouragement. If you are familiar with the exercise, ask if they need help. Show how you would do it and watch them complete the task to make sure they are doing it correctly. Another benefit of helping others to get motivated is that you need to learn how to do the exercises properly. 
you could choose to use a personal trainer on a short-term basis and let that be the foundation for helping others. They will appreciate you chipping in to help them, which makes them more receptive to giving you the motivational push you need. Having this network of people is excellent. However, don't let it become too much of a social gathering. When you are at the gym, you should get your work done. If you see others in your new network who are socializing too much, offer a gentle suggestion to motivate them. You could joke that their conversation skills are already in shape. Don't approach motivating others as a passive session. For instance, if you are helping someone to increase their stamina using a treadmill, do the exercises along with them. Trainers will passively train because they are getting paid and may not be allowed to work out alongside their charges. You don't have that constraint. You can work on an adjacent treadmill. People sometimes make excuses as to why something isn't working, and this takes away that opportunity. When you are showing by example, you won't be able to use any excuses yourself. Helping in this way means your workouts will be more productive. Motivating others takes practice. If motivating others were easy, everyone would do it. You can't just read about a few techniques and implement them, expecting major changes to happen. It takes practice, like anything else worthwhile. Motivating others requires them to be willing. If someone is hard set in not doing something, there will be little you can do to change that. You may be able to force someone, i.e. if you are a manager, etc. However, that is not the same as motivating them. If you were to leave the company, they would revert to their previous behavior. Realize that trying a technique only when the mood strikes is not going to produce results. You must be dedicated to trying them out and continue doing so until you see results. You also need to determine when something isn't working after several tries and seek an alternative approach. Unfortunately, there is no magic number as to when to make that determination. Motivating others is about aligning their goals with yours. This alignment could require some compromises in the process. For instance, if you are trying to get one of your workers to do something, you need to listen to them if they legitimately say they have too much other work. You can offer to have someone else on your team take up some of the extra work, or you could even do it yourself under certain circumstances. You can't approach motivation as entirely academic. In other words, if you read about something and try to implement it, you think it should work. If it doesn't, you may blame the people you are trying to motivate and believe there is something wrong with them. However, some people may be going through stressful situations and so are not able to focus on their jobs or even their personal life. You need to have compassion for them and factor in human emotions that may be at play. If motivating others isn't working, you should try to find out why. It may be something you are doing that needs change. For instance, are you practicing what you preach? If you are telling everyone that they must work on weekends but are unwilling to work yourself, then you will experience resistance from your team. You will have much better results if you are on the front lines with your troops. Motivation is more about communication than barking orders. It is about getting people to recognize the importance of the work or task at hand. You must allow them to take the initiative and own the problem and their solution. Motivating people to give donations. Getting people to give money for donations is like pulling teeth. They either don't believe in the cause, or they are not people who readily give money. If you are responsible for raising money for a charity or a cause, 
you may need to use different tactics to motivate people into giving. When you see advertising for causes, the ads are always showing people in situations in need of help. These ads appeal to your sense of empathy. Often, they will ask questions of what you would do if you were in that adverse situation. The key is to get you to put yourself in the other people's shoes. When that happens, you have a much better chance of getting them to donate. Unfortunately, people have become cynical due to the proliferation of scams. These scams are prevalent with charitable organizations. It only takes one bad apple to ruin it for the rest. These problems make the process of asking for donations even more difficult. Online giving can be just as arduous and in many cases even worse. Anyone can create a website that caters to a cause. They can put together a convincing sales page and drive massive amounts of traffic to the site. By the time people realize it's a scam, the website has already disappeared. The scammer has moved on to their next one. These negative aspects of donations should not stop you if you need to raise money. Just run the operation with integrity and make sure you file all the appropriate forms. Take a reasonable amount of money for expenses and make sure you record every transaction, including expenses and donations. If you plan on taking a salary from the donations, check laws regarding how that works. Research other organizations to get an average of what people take as a salary. Check for complaints on these organizations. If the complaint is salary-related, adjust your plans accordingly. You can also implement crowdfunding for donations. However, you may run into problems with the law if you use this as well as traditional donations. You would be best served to seek legal advice to determine the best route to take in this regard. When you put all the pieces in place and are transparent about your actions, it will be easier to raise money for your cause. People will be motivated to give money to your legitimate organization. It is a great feeling when you can help make a difference and get others to help you. Motivation through adversity. People sometimes feel that they have no hope. They find themselves in dire situations and believe they're never going to recover. For instance, a person may be born with an issue that sets up barriers right from the start. Another scenario is people who experience trauma. These situations are never comfortable, and it may be understandable why people feel there is no hope. However, there are several instances of people who overcame dire circumstances and thrived in the process. One example is Helen Keller. At the age of 11, she lost both her sight and her hearing due to complications of a disease. With the help of her live-in teacher, Ann Sullivan, Keller went on to college and became a prolific author and activist. She has set up schools for people who are blind and deaf. While you may have heard of Helen Keller, have you ever heard of Nick Vujicic? Nick was born without arms and legs. He is now a motivational speaker and evangelist. You can see plenty of videos of him doing activities better than people who have all their limbs. He simply refuses to let a lack of limbs get in his way. If you remember Christopher Reeve, who was an American actor famous for playing Superman in the 1990s series of movies, he developed quadriplegia after a horse riding accident. Shortly after the incident, he used his fame to help others who experienced similar fates. There are plenty of other examples of people who rose above their disabilities. It is a source of inspiration and motivation to others who feel helpless. 
These are all examples of people who would be likely to give up based on their circumstances, but refuse to do so. Their situations were in no way easy to deal with, and they all had long journeys to rise above their situations. They not only did it, but excelled at it. Perhaps there is someone in your life who is facing a particularly difficult situation. You can help them by showing the inspiration of the people mentioned in this article. Even people who are not facing dire situations can get motivated by these great people. For instance, if you are facing a problem, think about what these people had to go through to give yourself some perspective. It will help motivate you to look for a solution. You shouldn't look at this as reveling in their misery. You are instead celebrating their lives and their ability to overcome the adversities they faced. 